Welcome to the home plate. We're bringing you some of the top names in baseball to talk about the best sport out there. And I'm your host, Mike Savino. Today we have former Marlins, Mariners, Padres, and current Oryx Buffaloes pitcher, Tyler Higgins. What's up, Tyler? How you doing? How you doing, Just Here in Japan from across the world. Yeah, man. So if so, like you just said, you cut out a little bit there, but it's all good. Um, he's in Japan right now with the Oryx Buffaloes. So it's about 10.20 for him, where it's 9.20 in the morning for me. And so the time differential is pretty cool because I've never had any – like I've never experienced this before on a podcast. So that's pretty awesome. And he just played a game yesterday. And NPB, the league that's in, uh, you know, they're getting around. So they're, they're, start, they're playing and stuff like that. And, you know, the MLB is obviously, you know, returning soon. So baseball is finally coming back. I think we can say that around the globe and just here. So I couldn't be happier to say that. Me either. I mean, it was, it was kind of unique at one point because everybody was kind of shut down. And then you saw, I think, Taiwan uh, came back first. And then I think it was like maybe like a week or a week and a half after that, you had Korea back. But both of those places had super, super controlled like lockdowns. And they also had super, super crazy uh, protocols already in place to get them to the point of being able to play. And then we were in a shutdown and, you know, obviously the USA was in a shutdown. So it was kind of like, it was very weird. It was like looking at baseball, like, from a double glass, like a mirrored window, like you're looking at yourself just sitting here and I'm like, what, what are we doing? You know, we're going to, you know, kind of essentially it was like off season here. Like you would just go in in groups of three, you had to kind of be separate. You would get your work in and you'd come home for the day and then you'd get home and, you know, it's time zone is different, but you'd see what happened, you know, necessarily that day in the USA and like realize like baseball's not coming back there at all. Like not for a while. And then we started to kick things back up and then it still has, still wasn't going on in the USA. And, and I'm, you know, all my friends that I, you know, I'm pretty still interconnected in, in what's going on over there. And it was just like, Whoa, you know, and then you saw the kind of the, you know, the uh, MLBPA and the commission, you know, the league kind of had their scuffle and they finally got that figured out. And, and now we're, we're starting to work. We still have, there's still a few loop hoops that they have to jump through. Like, I mean, I just, was hearing kind of about the uh, uh, the Blue Jays situation. That's kind of tough. Yeah, in Toronto, um, you know, it's crazy. And then you're having a couple teams that have a couple of you know confirmed cases that keep kind of lingering around. Um, but in the in the in the general sense, from my original opinion, I think I think they're in a pretty good place. I, I honestly think they're in a better place than I thought they would be uh, in terms of like the virus and like dealing with the health and safety protocols. So, I mean, everything's going pretty well over there. I mean, over here. Um, right before the season started, we had two players uh, for another team in the league that tested positive and, but they tested that. positive. Um, and then like the next morning they texted negative. So negative. like they literally caught them on like the last day, yeah. um, which was the good thing. You know, I mean, it was already, they already had it. It's, it's done. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it didn't get uh, transmitted to anybody on the team. Um, so everything's been going pretty smooth. We actually just took our league wide test. Um, two days ago so we should get the results today um but yeah i mean it's it's been interesting to say the least i mean nobody's ever dealt with anything like this at any level so um everybody's kind of going through a first you know new norm i mean for us i had you know two off seasons essentially and then two spring trainings all in like a five month time span so it's that is is ridiculous no and like you said before, so Taiwan, they started up, no fans. I think, they, I think they're in max capacity fans now. I think they're – yeah, they're really close if they're not at full capacity. Yes. Yeah. So we're getting there. And then the KBL, obviously, some people in the U.S. would know that because that started streaming here. And yeah. um, I, don't, I don't think they're allowing fans in yet. I'm not sure, though. I, I'm pretty sure they're not. They're, they're very, very cautious from – just from yeah. an outside, you know, looking and opinion. But it just seems like they're being very, very cautious and they're erring on the side of caution, which honestly, I mean, probably for the best. The um, best. We, yeah. we, have, we have allowed from July – I think it was July 10th, uh, 10th or 11th, we allowed 5,000 fans. Okay. Um, you know, obviously in there, they marked the seats and uh, yeah. they spread everybody out. Um, so that was honestly huge, like just the difference in playing a game. And a lot of these games are in domes too, which is new to me. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah. playing a game in a dome 
with no fans is just the most weird thing I've That's ever done. Like weird. I played, I played in the minor leagues in an outdoor stadium where like, you know, a Wednesday day game where no one's really there in the minor leagues and like, I, that's normal to me or like you know it's not unnormal and then you go here and you play in a dome where everything echoes and it's just it's so unique I mean you can hear you can hear the base runner slide you can hear the wow. ball coming off the pitcher's hand you can hear like the crack of the bat times 10 and echoes like you know if a, if a ball cool, is off the wall yeah, yeah I mean honestly for the first little bit it kind of like reinvigorated my like because like once you do this for so long you know there's things that you kind of like miss I don't want to say miss out on but like you don't realize yeah what how much they are part of what you do and like you know if someone hits a you know if your guy hits a ball off the wall in that dome and it's empty I mean it, it echoes it hits off the wall like you can hear the hustle you can hear the guys sprinting you can hear the slides you can hear everything and it's just so much like you're like wow I didn't realize all those sounds all these things you know the love of the game like and then you know normally it's just mass covered by fans and yeah. so the first night we got 5,000 fans in there, I mean, the energy was like back in the stadium, you know, like everybody was juiced up. So it was great. Yeah, but for, those, awesome. for, the, for those who don't know out there, sorry to cut you off right there, but uh, this, yeah. is pretty, this is pretty important. The NPB, their fans are not like U.S. fans in the MLB. No, are, not even in the slightest. They are electrified. They are insane. They cheer like you have never seen before. They have chants and cheers and songs. It is insane. So for the people that, you know, aren't familiar with the MPB, there's your insight on the fans. So imagine a packed stadium. Well, one more thing, too, that's even more impressive about the MPB fans that I had. I mean, I knew that about the fans before I came over here. The one thing that caught me off guard and in a good way, uh, the fans here – they don't necessarily cheer for one team or the other team. I mean, obviously everybody roots for their team. Like they're at the, you know, Oryx Buffaloes game because they're supporting the Oryx Buffaloes or the team that they're playing. But if, if the, they cheer for good baseball, like they are there to watch a good baseball game. They could care less. I mean, they, they don't get bothered some by like, you know, uh, you know, one team winning or not. Like if, if, if someone on the other team has a great game, the fans are going to applaud him just as if it was their home team's player. And I think that's honestly something that is just that's so good for the game. I mean, they literally awesome. just love the game. Like, you know, and every night uh, at the end of the game, whether you, you know, are the winning team or the losing team, whoever the winning team is, they have a hero of the game. And like, so you could be on the road playing someone in someone else's stadium. And if you have a great game, you could become the hero of the game and you have to do a post-game interview and you, you bow to the fans, you, you know, you, you give the fans a farewell. I mean, and, and like that happens on the road to a player that's on the team that's, that's coming really in cool. on the road. I mean, it's just, it's incredible how, you know, they just support the game. Like they support the, just the actual general baseball game, you know? That, that, that's something I, I, like, I hope I'll be able to ta- like see, you know, one time in my life in Japan, that'd be so cool. But like, man, U.S. fans, we, we, we got to get on we gotta get on a level here. We, we, we chirp more than we cheer here. So, Absolutely. Actually, Absolutely. You know, I'm from the Northeast, so I'm from Jersey. So I'm a Yanks fan. No, I'm sorry for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, but I go to Yankees games. And Yankees fans versus, you know what, I'll give you a scenario. So I went to a Yankees-Red Sox game at Fenway. Okay. I have never heard people be more gruesome to each other and just nasty to each other than at a at a Boston New York game. Oh yeah, absolutely insane. Yeah. So like we we gotta learn we gotta learn something from Japan here. (laughs) I mean I I don't I don't uh, I mean I I'm the same way. I mean I root for my teams like when I watch sports back in the states, football, hockey, basketball, so on and so forth. But like. At the same time, if you literally look at it, I mean, think about it. Like you're watching it because you, you know, originally you're you're watching it because you originally enjoyed the whatever game or sport yeah. you're watching, and then you pick a team that you like, and then it just kind of morphs into something that's not. But I mean, in the in the in the, the bottom of it all, you're rooting for the you know for a good game. You don't want to, you want to see a good game, you know. And I think it's just more maybe transparent here that um, you know they just are, are just want to see a good baseball game, you know. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. All right, so let's jump into your career here for a second. So, ready. you attended Wayne State University in 2010, 
and then later attended Lansing Community College in Lansing, Michigan. So what was your college recruiting process like out of high school? Oh, boy. <laughs> so I actually um, – I did not even get recruited by either one of those schools. Uh, Interesting. They, I kind of ended up kind of falling into there. Um, I actually was committed to the University of Michigan out of high school. Really? Um, yeah, I had a scholarship uh, to the University of Michigan. Uh, I originally was was getting, I was getting quite a bit of uh, you know notice or whatever you might want to call it recruitment, and I went on a couple of different visits and I I made a, a couple of phone calls to like teams that were um, you know out of state and. Uh, one school that I actually went out and visited and uh, I did a visit to was Cal State Fullerton. Um, and I was, I was honestly really close to committing there. And then it was, it would have been 2000 and, oh man, that's a long time ago. Uh, seven, six, no, like 2006, I think, or seven. Um, and they actually had a, a coaching change and a pitching coach change. So things kind of got shaken up there and I was like, ah, you know, and I came to the decision that I wanted to stay in the state of Michigan. So I was between Michigan and Michigan state. And I went on, you know, an official visit to Michigan state an official visit to Michigan. I finally, you know, erred on the choice of going to university of Michigan. Um, you know, some things happened in high school. It didn't work out. Um, I ended up going to Wayne state for a year. My high school catcher was there at the time. And I had a, I still do have a very strong relationship with him. Um, name's Josh Schaefer, shout him out. Um, he called me and was like, Hey man, like, I know you're looking to come for a school. I don't know if you want to go to the Juco route yet, but there's definitely opportunity for you to play here. Um, you know, if you're interested, like we can try and set something up, you know? So I was like, yeah, heck with it. Like he's my high school catcher. I'm going to continue to build on me as a pitcher and having him behind the plate is, you know, a comfort thing for me. And, you know, we're on the same page all the time. We've been on the same page for a few years. So I went there. Um, I did. I did pretty well. Just wasn't really the right spot for me. Um, and then I went to transfer to the to Lansing Community College, and just I was trying to get back into pro because I got drafted out of high school and I couldn't yeah. come to an agreement. Um, we couldn't come to terms on an agreement out of high school. I wasn't ready physically or mentally either. I mean, I wasn't mature. Um, you know, hardest decision of my life. Looking back at it now, that was the hardest, smartest decision I've ever made. Uh, was not going um, and not agreeing to terms. And then I went to Lansing Community College and I got picked up uh, by the Marlins in the draft and it was all over from there. So tell us like a funny story or like, do you have any funny stories from college ball or Juco ball or anything? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I got, I got, I mean, you want to hear a baseball story or like a funny story about me? I'll hear, I'll hear either. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like fun. It's kind of funny, but it's more like unique, I guess. Uh, so I actually got drafted by the Marlins out of Lansing community college Yep. and I was not on a baseball team as hard and weird as that. <laughs> okay. So I went to Lansing community college. I played fall baseball there, which, yeah. you know, fall ball is just, you yeah. know, just practice games. You, you scrimmage a couple teams with, you know, they got it out there, but it's not really, games per se they don't count um i pitched like two games in fall ball and i was transferring from a four-year school to the juco which is a two-year school so yep. there's a lot of restrictions ncaa to ncja and i, I was yeah. trying to go i was trying to make sure my credits lined up so that i could go back to a four-year the next year um and i was actually in talks with the town the school in my hometown uh, division one school central michigan university okay so when i did all this stuff i knew i knew i had that in mind um, I, I transferred in there and I went into the athletic office and then met with the assistant, you know, athletic director. And they told me, this is what you need. These are the classes you need to take. Everything's here, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you just got to get all A's and B's. So I took all these classes. I did all this stuff. I got all A's and B's. And I'm like, we're like two weeks out from the spring trip that the team goes down to, I think they were going out of Florida. We're not, the head AD comes into our practice, which never happens. And he's like, hey, Tyler, I need to talk to you for a second. And I'm like, okay. You know, I was, I was thinking nothing of it, you know. And he's like, hey, I uh, hate to inform you, but, you know, we had a mess up and you were actually supposed to take 14 credits instead of 12 credits. Oh. So because you didn't have credits transfer, you're not, you're no longer eligible to play. So you can't actually play. And I was like, 
wait, like what? <laughs> like, this is a joke? Like, what do you mean? You know? Cause I was like, I was feeling pretty good. Like, and obviously That's I was trying to get drafted. Like, I, you know, I was, that was like my chance. Like I wanted to get back. I wanted to get, try and get drafted again and go to pro ball. And so I, I was like, kind of like pretty shooken up and, you know, I was making calls to like coaches I knew and like, Hey, can I still get drafted? Like if I'm not on a team, like I had no idea. I, I had no clue. And so the coach, I, I mean, I didn't really get to know him that well. He was going through some personal struggles and stuff. Like, he, he was just recovering from cancer. He beat it. He oh, was wow. back. And he was a very old-school mentality coach, and I honestly respect it. And he was just like, hey, man, like, I know you want to work on your stuff, and I get it, but if you're not actually physically on the team, I can't have you here. And I'm like, all right. So I had nowhere to throw. I had nobody to throw with because everybody that I knew was on the team. Wow. You know, and it, you know, I had nothing to do. So <clears throat> I would go, my, my roommates at the time were both uh, football players, at the university of Michigan. So I would go throw passes to the tight ends on their off days so they could practice for the draft. And that was how I would keep my arm moving. And they would, they would, wow. if I did that for them, they would let me work out in the, in their gym. So the only baseball activity that I did before I got drafted somehow by the Marlins was throwing footballs to like the tight ends. Dude, that's a story. That, that, that's a, that's an ESPN 30 for 30 right there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah. Someday <laughs> I'll, someday I'll do it. it was pretty interesting. Yeah. And then, I mean, it was just crazy. Like it was nuts. And I mean, I, I just had nowhere to go. I mean, not that I didn't have anywhere to go. Like it wasn't like, I, you know, I just, I just had no one to play catch with. I mean, yeah. there was nobody that, you know, everybody that I, like I said, everybody that I would call to say, Hey, you want to go play catch or Hey, you want to go do this? They were on the team. They yeah. were already practicing. Like they were already gone or doing, you know, whatever it may yeah. be. Wow. So I was just hanging out. Yeah. So that was like the most funny, interesting. I mean, it was, it's funny now because, yeah. you know, things have worked out pretty well for me, but um, you know, at the time it wasn't that funny. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, that, that, that must've sucked. I couldn't yeah. imagine just being sitting at home. It's like, it's like, it's like, uh, hey, Jake, um, can we go to the field? He's like, he's like, dude, I got a game in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Or like, yeah, no, I just got done with practice. I don't want to go play catch. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's, um, let's go to, you mentioned being drafted out of high school. Yep. Yep. So out of high school, you were drafted by Texas. The Texas Rangers. Yep. So you obviously didn't end up going. And you said it was, you said it was the hardest, smartest decision of your life. Yes. Goes into detail of kind of that moment, what happened, why you didn't go, stuff like that. Just, yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, I was, I mean, I, I was pretty confident in, uh, in getting drafted to high school. I didn't think it was going to happen that way. Um, and when it did, I knew that it was going to either be a situation where we definitely came to an agreement or there was no chance like at all. There wasn't going to be a middle ground, like negotiations per se. Cause when you get drafted that way, I mean, it was a 40, I think 49th round at that point where they don't even have 49 rounds anymore. Um, at five so, this year. Yeah, five this year. Yeah, that's going to be tough. But, uh, you know, so it was one of those situations where, like, usually guys that go like that, they're, you know, usually hurt or, you know, it's just not young. And there's not a lot of money there. There's not a lot of opportunity that comes with that uh, situation. Um, you know, and I had some pretty good people that were in my life that were kind of, like, giving me examples of why it might not be the greatest decision to, to go. Um, as well, like I mentioned, like I wasn't really mature enough. I had at that point, I had only like, I hadn't even really lived out of the house. I didn't do much cooking for myself. Yeah. You know, I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't ready to be, I was barely ready to go to college, like, and live on my own, let alone go, you know, start a professional career. Um, I don't think I took my physical conditioning as seriously back then, uh, as I should have. Uh, so physically don't think I was ready for, I mean, obviously now knowing what you go through when you first get drafted, I was, I would not have been successful, like going through just the daily grind of being a minor league baseball player. Um, so like I said, I mean, we, we, I got drafted and it was amazing and it was great. And it was, it was awesome to hear your name called and like, you know, it's, it's a dream. You know, some people work for their whole lives and never get a chance to, uh, yeah. to hear their name called. Um, so, I mean, on that aspect, it was incredible. Uh, but you know, like I said, when you sit back and you really think about it, 
you know, it, it just wasn't the right situation for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the decision. I mean, I'm glad that I didn't get some big signing bonus and, uh, you know, because it, it honestly, like I said, even if the money was right, I wasn't right for that. Like I wasn't ready. Um, I wouldn't have been, and I, I, do, I really don't think I'd be in the game right now had I win that. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. You see, you see all the time, you see so many, um, so many high schoolers, especially from my area. A lot of high schools do, do get drafted in those low rounds. Most of them don't. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's, it's really common to see. And we'll see what happens in the future when the rounds start getting smaller because I think more and more high schoolers are going to go. So we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, everything is about – Everything's moving in the annual data points to, to being younger. Um, you know, you can, you can mold those guys a little bit more necessarily than a college guy per se. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to see, some, see, it figure, see it figure itself out eventually. Yeah. So what was your velo out of high school? Like what were you throwing? Uh, I had to give you an honest opinion. I, I think I was like 80, 89, 91. Uh, okay. I mean, but being from, being from Michigan, that, that, you, you're, you're cut out a little bit. What'd you, baseball, so, uh, you know, it's a little flags around. You cut out a little bit. I'm cutting out a little, am I cutting out a little bit? Yeah, you cut out. Would you, you can just repeat what you just said. I just said, uh, you know, coming from Michigan, it's, uh, you know, being 80, 88, you know, 89, 91, whatever it may be. I think it was, it was like 88 to 90. Um, you know, that's pretty, that's not, that at that time, uh, you know, that was kind of like, I was like one of like one or two guys in the state that could do that. You know, like I said, in Michigan, you know, you said you're from the Northeast, so like you get it, you need only play four and half five months here you know yeah i mean we spend you know we're not from florida we're not from these these southern states you know that get to play almost all year round and so i you know i don't have a winter ball season you know i'm snowing yeah. i got like 11 inches of snow uh, i i don't even know how many inches of snow you guys get but yeah it's tough. That's why I mean, that's a, that's essentially the exact reason why I moved. I live now in Florida because it's just so much more essential for me to be in the, you know, able to be outside, you know, pretty much every day of the off season when I am home. Um, you know, I can do things outside that I just couldn't do anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, that Florida is kind of the place to be for baseball. I think sure. not right now with the COVID virus going on. Yeah, there. now you know there ain't nothing going on in Florida right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. So now I know we spoke about out of college, high school, jumping around a little bit. But so 2011, that's when you ended up being drafted by the Florida yep. Marlins, now Miami Marlins, yep. obviously. So I'm assuming that was kind of an eye-opening moment for you. Uh, you know. You you wanted to be drafted, and you were finally drafted, obviously yep. with that weird wonky story. Yes. So yeah. you decided to obviously go instead of you know playing another year of college baseball and. Yeah. Yep. We came to uh, came to agreement and and everything, yeah. and uh, they gave me. I can't remember. I think it was like five or six days I had uh, from the time I signed my name to paper to the time that I had to be on a flight, and I oh, wow. was living. I was living in college in an apartment. So like I had six days to move out of my apartment back home into a storage unit, pack my stuff for a season and then leave. So it was, it was an intense five or six yeah. days. Yeah. That is, that, that is, that's pretty insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a short amount of time to get stuff going too. So yeah. Where, where did you go from after being drafted? Like, what was that experience? I went, I went to Jupiter, Florida, and I reported okay. to the spring training facility, which is in Jupiter, Florida, for the Marlins, and we share a facility with the Cardinals. Um, and that's where I went. They did, you know, physical, and you do all that stuff, and then you start, you know, kind of working with the rookie ball guys. That's, what, you know, that's essentially where most young yep. draft guys come from. Yeah, yeah. They go to rookie ball. Um, 
And that's what I actually came in when I got drafted. I, I went in and I ended up hurting myself like a week in, I think it was a week, week or week and a half into the whole situation. Because like I said, I hadn't done any baseball activity, yeah. real true baseball activity. Um, you know, so I ended up being in a situation where I got, I got a little roughed up and um, didn't, I, I think I pitched like six innings or seven innings, my first, like, you know, that first little half season that, um, and then I went home and, you know, healed up good and everything was fine. Came back and got after it next year. How old are you? 20 or 21? Uh, when I got drafted, I would have been just turned 20. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. Just turned 20. Yep. So, yeah. So you're still, you're still obviously young. Yeah. Yeah. I was still pretty young. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was, and, uh, you know, I was, I was, I'm still kind of young for like, for my draft class, I was, I was young. Like all the guys I came up with, like they were all like, you know, a year or two older than me, yeah. you know, like, you know, if you ask too many guys that like right now in, in, in pro ball, if, or, well, sorry, I mean, in the minor leagues, like where I was coming up in the States, you know, if you'd ask a guy like, Oh, you know, how many years do you play? Like for a guy to play, nine years and still only be like last year guy I played nine years and I was only 28 years old so like you know that's the way it worked out with my age I'm just I'm I'm on the younger side of like most of the things in terms of years um you know in the game I guess yeah and you're yes so you you guys you can you can play for a good amount of time so what was what was the time like you know being with Miami or Florida um, spending, you know, your career officially as a professional baseball player with Miami was it like, yeah, I mean, I did a full contract there. I mean, it was, I mean, it was interesting. Like I didn't know what I, like I had no outside expectations of what it could be. I mean, I just, it was just going off at that point, you're going off hearsay. So when I got on there and like, you know, <laughs> I was told like, you know, dress really nice. And like, you know, so like first day I showed up in like slacks and like a, like a, coat you know whole nine like no tie but like I'm, yeah. i was looking pretty darn good you yeah. know everybody's looking at me funny because they're wearing like jeans and collared shirts you know because they said like you know i was like well this is what i was told you know so i i ended up i brought like three or four nice outfits down there and i never wore them because like, like yeah. after the first day i was like man i look like an idiot um you know and then just that first couple of years down there it was it was just eye-opening like understanding how pro baseball works and you know you know the, the do's and the don'ts and you know you just kind of there's just things that happen that you learn that you just can't, uh, you're just never going to be able to be told about them. Like it just, you know, you just got to learn. You just, you know, it's just things you experience and things you pick up on. It's like unwritten rules. Like baseball is filled with. So. That's yeah. That's, that's a, that's a funny side note story. I mean, uh, so I'm an independent uh, bullpen catcher. So I'm a professional bullpen catcher uh, with an independent ball team near me. And uh, where at? Uh, Rockland Boulders. Okay. In the uh, well, they were Can Am. Now they're Frontier. Um, okay. But uh, so my first. I played, I played independent ball. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> but um, uh, so they had everyone like show up, and the coach calls me. He's like, "Yeah, you know." I was like, "Okay, what do I wear?" He's like, "You know, you know, bring your catcher's gear and you know wear clothes." I was like, "Okay." So I wore baseball pants, and every single guy was wearing shorts. Yep. And- <laughs> I felt so out of place, but absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> it happens to the best of us, man. It happened to me. I do the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I do the same thing. It it sucks, but whatever. And so, now the funny thing is, is over yeah. here in Japan, the way they do the laundry situation, it's it's all like uh, hired out. So we actually like on the road, we wear our baseball pants and practice shirt out of the hotel into the field where it's like in the States, you would never do that. Never do like that. that. Is a, that you would never, you wouldn't yeah. even wear a team hat. You wouldn't wear nothing. So That's it's cool. super. I like that kind of, yeah. I like that. Cause, cause it almost brings you back to that, you know, that youth travel youth baseball. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You step you out of the hotel. Yep. Yeah. That's right. That's awesome. That's great. So never fast forward a little bit. 2018, you signed with the Mariner, Seattle Mariners after being free agent so take us through that i guess like free agency route with miami and then signing with the mariners well you're skipping a step what i skip well so i went i i was i elected free agency technically elected free agency after 
uh, my seventh year and I fulfilled my contract with the Marlins and I could not find another job in affiliated ball. Oh so yeah. That's yeah. when I went to yeah, any ball. Yeah. I, I had that Britain. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would say I was in New Britain and you know, I got a call from the Mariners and we, uh, we worked out a deal and, uh, and I uh, signed on the same day as Ross Detweiler. We actually flew over into Tacoma together and uh, you know, he actually became a pretty decent friend of mine. So you played in 2018 with New Britain. So obviously New Britain's yep. not far, it's not far from me. And um, yeah, so yeah, it's probably what, two hour and a half, two hours from you. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like a college ball team now. They're, they're no longer in the yep. Atlantic league. Yep. So that's a little weird, but did you, did you ever play with Ari Kaufman? I, no, I don't think so. He 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 played with New Britain. I I don't know if it was you know that matchup time. I think I think he played in 2018 as well, but I'm not sure. But um, yeah, obviously the Atlantic League is you know your your top independent baseball. Before, what'd you say? You lagged a little bit. Yeah, I said yeah. It's it's pretty. It's a pretty decent league. I mean, I, I actually I was I enjoyed. Yeah, no, the, the Atlantic the Atlantic League is no joke. You know, you, I think if you look at the rosters, just looking at a guy who didn't have double A or higher experience. So, you know, you, you get you especially get, the uh the, the Long Island team. The Ducks? They're always filled with guys that are like four or five years in the show, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even know that. If the Long Island Ducks, when I played, like, in 18 when I was there, and even I remember in 19, I looked at the roster, too. Like, they they have some pretty talented players, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too far from Somerset. Somerset's about an hour from me. That's who I was originally going to – in talks with. That's who I was originally going to go play for. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that's small world. But, um, so, I guess we'll just – we'll talk about indie ball right now. So, how did you like independent baseball compared to affiliated baseball? I actually really liked it. Um, Everyone I says they like it. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, any ball separates the guys who really want it from the guys who just are kind of just still playing just to do it. Yeah. Um, I had, I, you know, obviously I was still was trying to pursue a career and I, I knew I had a chance. I just had to get the right opportunity. And so I liked any ball. I mean, especially through the Atlantic league, I had my car, I drove my car up there. I had a host family and I would drive my car to every road trip. I didn't ride the team bus. I would, i had a grill and a full kitchen set up in the back of my car. So every wow. day, yeah, every day after like stretch and throw and stuff, like I would go cook steaks in my grill and my car wow. and like guys started catching on. So then they would like bring me steaks to cook them <laughs> and stuff. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was like, kind of like, I'm, I'm a little bit of a weird person in terms of like, I'm very compulsive and like very neat, clean, and I, I'm very routine oriented. So for me, it was great, you know? Yeah, no, independent baseball is, is amazing. Indie ball, they, there's no one that knocks indie ball and especially the people in indie ball. And absolutely. I mean, it's a different kind of grind. I mean, it's, but it's, I mean, it, it makes you who you are, you know, it does, it does make you are, it shows your personality. I mean, um, I have a game. Yeah. Later to, I have an air squad scrimmage later today. Look forward for that. I caught like the other day. I caught like twenty bullpens. It was insane. But um, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So and if you if you're catching bullpens from anybody that has any big league time at all, you better tell them they better give you a tip. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I, I would never. I would never do that. But um, nah, they're all those all those pitchers are awesome, and even the catchers that are you there that I work with and stuff like that. And, it's just it's it's an experience of a lifetime. Absolutely. So, 2018, Seattle Mariners signed. You know, we talked about this a little bit. So, how did Seattle end up becoming the club that you ended up signing with out of Indy Ball? Um, I actually I was I had the I had two teams set up to come watch me the following day. On the day that they called me, and we ended up coming to an agreement. I was actually supposed to. I was getting a, a Tiger Scout and a Blue Jay Scout. Was to come watch the game the next night, and you know, I mean, at that point, I was like, whoever calls first, I don't care. I just want to go play. You know, I just want to go play back in affiliate ball, and I didn't even care if it was, uh, you know, back to Double A because at that point, I had played for uh, almost four years in Double A with the Marlins, and the Mariners called me were like, hey, we got a spot in Triple A, we want it filled. Do you want it? And I'm like, 
you know, let's let's get this done. You know, let's yeah. let's get in agreement. So we got a phone my agent and and everything worked out. Um, and I, like I said, that was a crazy one too. Got flying out there, and uh, that was actually one of the funner teams I've ever been on. I mean, it was some of the guys that I met there. I still talk to every day. Uh, you know, another teammate of mine from that team came with me in the same year, uh, next year to the Padres, and we're still close friends. I mean. Yeah, it was an incredible experience, and the city of Tacoma is an unbelievable baseball town. It's great. Seattle in general is a baseball town for sure. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I actually know that about Seattle. You know, um, Seattle's it's a big baseball town. Yeah, but um, obviously the Mariners are a pretty club. So, you ever spent any time with uh, Felix Hernandez? With who? Felix Hernandez. No, I never got a chance. Um, when I was there, that was the first time I got to meet Ichiro, though. So that that's, was kind that's, of a, that's even cooler. That's kind of a big deal. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was just, I mean, getting to meet, like, a lot of those guys. That was my first time on a AAA team where, like, you know, there was some older guys that had, like, a lot of a lot of major league experience. And, and you know, it was kind of cool being in the locker room, seeing – it was my first time being in a locker room where at any day two guys could be in the big leagues. You know, so, like, yeah. you know, you come to clubhouse, you'd see a locker cleared out and you'd be like, Oh, good for him. You know, like, that's awesome. You know, like, that's so sweet. You know, like yeah. you're thinking like that guy's, you know, it, and it's crazy because Tacoma is only 45 minutes from, uh, from Seattle. So you're yeah. like, damn, like that guy's 45 minutes away right now playing in front of 50 grand. Like that's yeah. awesome. You know, it was my first time experiencing anything like that, you know, and you'd see guys like in there, you know, like Daniel Vogelbach, like he would go up here and there, he'd go down. Like, I mean, yeah. It was just super cool, super cool to be experienced. Like, you know, I was a young guy. I was just, you know, there filling a spot. And, um, you know, I ended up having a really good year and got got a job, you know, with the Padres after that. But it was just a – it was a good experience. And it was my first time, like, really being with older guys and understanding how things work. So it was awesome. I mean, that's – you you can't make that up. I mean, AAA, like you said, it's it's – you look, you see a locker, or, you, you, you know, it's cleaned out. And you're like, wow. Like, yeah. and all you can think of is, well, hopefully I'm next. And yeah, I mean, yeah, at that point, yeah, like you got to think, like, you're a phone call away. You never you know. You are a phone call away. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah. So then after that, you ended up playing the Mexican Winter League. I did. I did. The, uh, yeah. the AAA pitching coach for the Padres obviously saw me play against them quite a few times as I was playing for Tacoma with the Mariners. Yeah. And he was hounding me about coming and playing winter ball, come and play winter ball, come and play winter yeah. ball. And I'm like, you know, I, and I, after the year before I, like I said, I couldn't find a job and I went to any ball and I knew that winter ball was a good opportunity to show yeah. teams, you know, I was ready to go. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So I ended up going down there and I had the way winter ball contracts work. They're, they're short-term contracts. So it's only a month and a half. Um, yep. six week contracts they do first half and second half and, and uh i we we started the season real bad and they threw our three guys like five or four out of five days in a row and i ended up getting a slight bicep strain and which is super i don't want to say it's common but it's super low-key like it they told me like hey man like a week and a half two weeks off from throwing in your you're good to go. But yeah. by the time that I would have taken that two weeks off and then another week or we can have to get back onto the mound and throwing, my contract was already going to be up. So they oh, were yeah. like, well, crap, like, I guess, I guess you can just go home. So I was actually only in Mexico for like eight days or nine days, but it was, it was crazy. It was a crazy experience. I'm glad I did get to at least go see it for a little bit. No, winter ball is is awesome. I went to Puerto Rico. That's there. Game Seven World Series every night. Like they, yes. it's win at all. Costs. It is win at all costs. Yes. Correct. And yes. so like I was saying, I went to a game Puerto Rico over the winter, and so I got to experience that winter ball. That's awesome. I've had multiple people on here. I don't know if you know Tyler Heineman, but um, you know the name. Yeah, he's he's with the San Francisco Giants right now as a catcher, and he played in you know the DR, and we had a full conversation about that, and he told me a lot. But I can I can tell you that there's someone that beat you on the winter ball contract on the, uh, that's been on this show. My friend Robbie Avales went for a day, looked at the city, didn't like it, got signed by back with the Indians, and left that day. 
that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of stories. I mean, that it happens. Like, I mean, I, it happens with injuries a lot. I don't know about like it happens with like turnaround leaving, but I mean, you hear like just the, when I was there, there was a guy for another team, that, an American guy that flew in to start the season winter ball, and the first day was taking BP and broke his uh, hammy bone, and you yeah. know he was done. You know, I mean, it's just. I mean, that stuff happens, and obviously after you play a full regular season and then you go play winter ball, it's like adding more on top of it. So, you know, injuries are going to happen. Yeah. No, I've heard so many winter ball stories that I like. It's, 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 winter ball's awesome, man. Oh, yeah. You have, uh, you have hot water in your showers, your shower room? Here in Japan? No, 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 in Mexico. Or in Mexico. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't scolding hot per se, but I don't uh, – I'm a cold shower guy. As okay. As that is. Yeah. So I was going to say that more effective. I just know that the DR, multiple clubs. Yeah. So I know that a lot. They don't have hot water at all. Yeah. 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 I do know that. Um, yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of the Dominican guys that I played with, they, I mean, they, even if they have the hot water, they won't, they'll choose not to use it because they just, I mean, it's, that's probably their, I mean, it probably feels weird. I mean, if you yeah. grew up without hot water or, you know, if that was, if that wasn't something you, you know, had, I'm sure that if, you took a hot shower, you'd be like, man, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. That's funny. So then obviously signed with the Padres. So how did you end up, you know, you talked about the pitching coach saw you a bit and how, how did you end up, you know, getting to the Padres, you know? Tell us so about- it was mainly through him. His name, yeah, his name is Bronswell Patrick. And he, uh, he coached the winter ball team Hermosillo that I was on. And he was telling me, it was like, Hey man, like, Cause you have to wait for a certain date. I think it's like f- five days after the world series, um, you become officially a free agent and other teams okay. can talk to you. So like three days before, uh, three days before that day, the Mariners and had called and reached out to me and my agent and we're like, Hey, um, you know, we're going to go in a different direction. We got, you know, a lot of young guys coming up and like, you know, we're filming spots and you know, whatever. And I was like, that's okay. You know, whatever happens happens. And, uh, you know, I'm not worried. I had a really good year and I was pretty confident in my ability to get a job. And I went and played winter ball and then, uh, Bronzewell was like, you know, Hey man, the Padres want to sign you. Like they're going to call you day one. Like they're going to call you wow. day one. I'm like, okay. You know, cause I mean, at that point, you know, you gotta be, I've already been through the ringer. I went jobless twice. I'm like, okay, sure. You know, yeah. I mean, if it happens, it happens. I'll be happy. If it doesn't, I'm not going to get overly upset, you know, whatever. And so they sure did. I mean, first day they called and we, we started negotiating and took like a week and came to an agreement and got everything in paper and got signed. And I was super excited. It was my first big league camp. So that was super cool to be around, you know, the Padres guys and like be in, a, in an official big league camp and, um, you know, get to go through that. And uh, it was just an incredible experience. Padres best organization I've ever played for. Like in the minor league. I mean, they treated wow. everybody that I around me and he included with just the utmost respect, like absolute great organization. I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about the Padres organization. So compared to the other organizations that you've been in, you say Padres, absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, the Marlins, when I was there, they were, you know, cheapest team in baseball. They didn't yeah. really put that much money back in the minor league. So like, quality of food wasn't great. Um, you know, the facility that I was at in Jupiter was great. You know, it was a newer style facility. Um, you know, it just, there was a lot of staff rotation moving in and out cause they only would hire part-time people and there was very few full-time employees. So, you, you know, you'd have new faces all the time, you know, you, you'd get kind of like di- difficult treatment in terms of buses and situations and stuff. And, uh, it was just always seemed to be like something that was, there was always something going on that was taken away from like the on the field stuff when I was there. I mean, from what I'm hearing from guys now, it's complete 180 degree change and everybody's super happy to be there. And they're really doing great with that organization now. Uh, when I was with the Mariners, the Mariners I thought were great too. Um, yeah. I had really good experience with them. Everybody was super nice, super cool. They, you know, and I, I, you know, everything was good in terms of like food quality and treatment. We got like two buses everywhere and you, know, you fly everywhere. So it was, it was very nice. The hotels were nice. Everything was great. Um, you know, it was really good, really good setup. Um, some, some people have had worse experiences than I did necessarily with the Mariners. So, but from my experience, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. And then, and I honestly didn't think it could get much better than the Mariners when I was there. And then I yeah. went to the Padres and I was like, Holy cow. 
I mean, this is just over the top great when I was there. That's that's always awesome to hear. So did you ever play cards in the locker room before games? I'm not a big card guy, but I would, I would rile guys up. I would, so I, I'm, I'm kind of the guy that like, like sits in the back of the room and like, I, you're cutting, you're cutting out a little bit right now. Um, so that they piled up. Oh, sorry. It's probably my internet. I'm, I'm in a hotel internet, but I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a really big card player. I said, I, I kind of join in and, and get to the guys and get them fired up and then I you know, exit out. Yeah, I don't know. You cut out again. I mean, you can't really blame it. Like you said, you're on hotel internet. And not only that, you're in Japan, so you're across the world right now when talking to me. So, but, I mean, uh, I'm like, I'm – Locker room wise, I loved watching people play cards and people gamble away, you know, their money. That was always like so funny to me. But um, yeah. You there? Oh, we Good? back. We got you back. I think. All right. Hello. Yeah. I I got you. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. Yeah. I, I I just I just said on the I said right there. Um, you know, you're in Japan. You're so far away. You're on hotel internet. You're. You know, your Wi-Fi is going to crap out every now and then. And that's completely fine. Yeah. Maybe this is the, like, maybe this is like the next step of the virus. Like it's going to start affecting the Wi-Fi from across yeah, the world. Yeah, right. That's fine. Maybe. Never know. That's all right. Current day, we're all caught up. Japan. You signed Japan. with the Oryx Buffaloes. Just, just details, whatever, you know, fill us in. So, yeah, I mean, I had signed back. I had signed back originally to go back with the um, And then I got a call from uh, my agent who said that a, uh, um, that a team from Japan had reached out. And I had been trying to stir up some interest in Japan for like three years. And I was like, okay, like I'm definitely interested. I want to hear everything they um, there was actually two teams involved that were kind of um and oryx was the most aggressive and, yeah. and we so we kind of went forward and progressed in negotiations a little bit faster and uh i actually we we signed i think i signed like two days after oryx had signed adam jones and so That's, that I was, was kind I, of, yeah i was gonna we're gonna talk i was like uh, that is well. sweet and so i signed and everything was great. And then I went to actually, I had to go fly to St. Louis to do this giant, huge physical. Uh, I mean, every piece of a physical you think, you know, x-rays, MRIs, blood work, you know, I mean, yeah. they did it. Um, and then when I flew back, uh, they had to go through all the information and I, you know, I passed the physical and they flew in to actually sign the physical hard copy of the contract in person. Okay. And that's when I found out, <clears throat> that's when I found out that they actually had signed the first baseman from my team in El Paso when I was on with the Padres. So, and I found that out because I was in the middle of signing my contract and they were like, Hey, we have a gift for you. And I turned around and he walked in the door and like, was like, Hey Poppy, we're going to be teammates again. You know, it was super cool to like at least go over here with someone that you've played with before and you know, so you're, you know, you're kind of going through the same thing together. Um, And then I got over here and, you know, we went to spring training and I got to meet AJ and like meet all the people from Oryx and it was just super cool experience and everything was new and it was unique and first time for everything. It was super cool. Um, spring training was a little different than USA. So that was interesting in itself. Um, I mean, in a good way. I mean, it was, it was just, yeah. new, you know, just different. Um, so, um, and then we got back here to start our like spring games and, you know, weekend we got shut down yeah, and yeah, it was, I was just like say, under lockdown. Yeah. I mean, luckily you know, at the time I, you know, I had my fiance over here and, you know, she's still over here and uh, everything was great. And uh, so we were in lockdown just kind of like I bought, <laughs> I bought a giant 
TV projector and we turned our <laughs> living room, like we have giant white wall that's empty. Cause I mean, obviously we didn't, you know, we moved into a furnished apartment, but there's like nothing on the wall. So we have like a projector that shoots out like an 80 inch screen. We got blackout curtains and we literally for the virus, like we were in, we were in an apartment like for 15 hours, 18 hours a day yeah. for six weeks. And we would, we would just watch movies. On that's awesome. Fire stick. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> I gained like 15 pounds over the shutdown. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what is it? I was going to say, what is it like living in Japan? Like that's a big, that's a big change. Yeah. I will say this, that, and, and everybody always kind of like says it or everybody, you know, knows it. And they, that's the first thing that everybody always asks me was about the, like, what's it like in Japan and how's the food? And <laughs> some people have like a street view of it, but I will say this. I've never ate anything as good as what's here. This is the most incredible food everywhere you go. And it's like, and if you look at like restaurants, like, you know, in terms of tiers, like, you know, you got like your fast food restaurants, then you got like, you know, your Chili's, TGI Fridays, stuff like yeah. that. And then you got like, you know, your nice expensive steakhouse and Italian restaurants. So every tier, same way here is by far and beyond tenfold better than the United States. It's wow. better quality. It's fresher. Like there's like the grocery store, they only sell things in small quantities because it's so fresh that it goes bad so fast. Like you buy four bananas yeah. and on the fourth day, if you eat a banana day on the fourth day, that banana will be full on brown. Wow. It's literally that. Like it's, it's, they go, I mean, it's natural, like fresh, like stuff. It's crazy. And the food, like the restaurants, like the steak, obviously I'm in Kobe. So like Kobe beef, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't beat it. I mean, there's just no way. Like when I go back to the states, like it's gonna be just you can't compare to what's going on here. That's crazy. So, what's your favorite food? Like, what's like the first thing I guess that you like fell in love with? Well, I got spoiled because one of the veteran uh, foreign guys took us to like the nicest steakhouse in <laughs> all of Kobe. Yeah. Um, so we went there and had like true top of the line like best of the best you can get steak and I, we go back there once a week now that i know where it's at and like i know how to get there me and me and the wife go there all the time like <laughs> it's our favorite place but we've i i she's starting to like ramen a lot too like I, I mean i get ramen all the time at the field because it's just like you know it's a kind of the culture of, of what they eat before games and stuff and it's yeah super easy super convenient um and she kind of starting to like that now we we also have like a a spicy pad Thai place we go to that we really like. Um, and we just tried a new place uh, on Sunday evening. We went after our game. Well, yes. Yeah, I guess yesterday evening. <laughs> um, yeah, because we're, we're ahead. It's, it's Monday morning for you now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Sunday evening we went and tried this uh, – it's American-style barbecue, but it's in Japan, oh. obviously. And, and so – because we, we were big barbecue fans back home, and so we hadn't had, like, true barbecue. So we went and got, like, a pound of pulled pork. and a pound I was going to say, what they have, like, pulled pork and stuff? Yeah. Pulled pork, ribs, chicken, and then they had uh, uh, beef brisket. And we, okay. had, we got a little bit of everything and just tried it. You know, it was, I mean, it was super good. I mean, it, like I said, the, I literally have yet to be at a place where I was like, eh. Yeah. Everything I've had, every restaurant I've been to, I've been like, that's incredible. Is there anything that, like um... – like, do you do anything new, like activity-wise, or that you didn't do in the U.S. or pick up anything new, or? Um. Yeah, I uh, actually now that I'm living here, the way that they do trash, uh, I I like full-on hardcore separate out my trash and recycling now, and I never would have <laughs> ever have done that in the United States. But now it's like it's almost like a game, like to put it in the right place. So like I picked up on that. Um, I've also picked up on like, well, it's, it's tough. Cause like in the States, I, I, there's certain things that I just stay away from eating and I don't eat, but here because things are literally so fresh, I yeah. don't mind eating them. Um, so like, uh, like now I'm eating like yogurt and milk, which like in the mm -hmm. States, I would never, I wouldn't touch any of the milk or, I mean, really? unless it's like goats. I'm a, I'm a weirdo about like what I eat necessarily. Okay. Um, but I am, I am mad. I have, I have a couple of bad habits. One of them is I really do enjoy Mountain Dew and they do not have that really here. Like the, so the That's, soda that yeah. they have here, it's, it, it's the same soda. So like you'll get a Mountain Dew or you'll get a Coke or a Pepsi, but it's not the same 
as the U.S. in terms of there's less sugar, there's less. It's a totally, totally like it's a slightly different taste on the Coke products. Yeah. But on everything else, it's very different taste. So it's like um, we actually found a guy that was it's in the, that was in the military, and he lives over here now, and he actually has access to the military base store. So he sends us little care packages of like Oreos and like American style Oreos and uh, free pebbles or like whatever we're craving for like that two weeks. He does it every two weeks. We'll we'll send him some cash and he sends us like a package, like barbecue chips or, you know, whatever, just stuff that you can't get in Japan um, that we missed from home, you know? So that's super cool. Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. So have you picked up on any Japanese at all? Like I know like, so usually by this point in the season, from what I'm told, obviously it's my first year, that the new foreigners know a decent amount of Japanese at this point. I only know like five to seven like words or slogans, I guess. I don't know how you say it. But I also had the disadvantage of being locked in my apartment for yeah. two months where I wasn't around the Japanese players. You know, I wasn't around them every day. Whereas like normally right now we'd be – 60 some games into the season and I would be around them every day all 60 days so yeah. you know I, I'm at a slight disadvantage so hopefully by the end of the year I'll be able to um, you know kind of get myself around but for now I kind of rely on like the whole like point menu type oh, situation yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so which I find you know I know it's completely like brutal for me to do but yeah. a lot some people speak english here which i you know i, I don't want to rely on it either so i'm trying to get better at it my best but it's just it's hard you guys i mean there's only so much time in the day we got you know stuff at the field and everything like that so could you say like my name's tyler like do you know how to say that no not even close, <laughs> not even close. I, I know in i in can say Andrew, like yeah you can say hi like you know konnichiwa is hi konnichiwa, yeah and then like OIO is good morning. Um, Daijobu means like I'm good. Like you know, you can you can say it to someone or you can you can respond with it. So you'd be like okay. Daijobu, and they would say oh Daijobu, you know, and you, yeah, you can respond back. Um, Genki is like you know feeling good, like everything's good. Um, and then I've learned some bad words from the guys in the bullpen, but I can't. Oh yeah, yeah, of, of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you count? Can you count the ten in Japanese? I can count to three and I know how to say six thirty. So it's each Nissan is one, two, three. Yeah. And then I, I know how to say six thirty because our normal game time is at six PM <laughs> and I normally go uh to the trainer's room to get prepped for the day at six thirty. So that's Rokuji Han. Okay. Yeah. Each Nissan she go Rokuji Jachikuju. That's yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. And then I I don't know in Japan, I know in Mandarin it's like you would say, Wojow Tyler. Like that'd be my name's Tyler. Okay. Um, I no idea in Japanese, none at all. But it's just yeah, everybody just calls me. Everybody, everybody just calls me Higginson. Like, oh Higginson. Really? Yeah, that's kind of dope. Yeah, they, they add a son to the name. Yeah, that's that's kind of dope. <laughs> yeah. Has the so language- the fans will either call yeah. the fans will either say Higginson or they'll say Mister Tyler. Mister Tyler. Yes. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Has the language barrier gone to at all? Like, do any of the players, or are they pretty good? Oh, no. I, I love – I mean, I try – I'm, like, pretty vocal in the locker room and stuff. So, like, I try to, like – even if we can't, like, necessarily speak to each other, like, with most of the, some of the teammates. Um, I, and I have a translator, too. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I have a translator that works with me, you know, and, and that talks to – you know, if I need to talk to coaching staff or anything. But – uh you know, maybe not like actually speaking to one another, but like I try to like be loud or you know, be vocal and like keep everybody like upbeat. So like they kind of enjoy me. I don't know, like the other day, like we were in the bullpen and I used my translator. Like I got like a round of bats going with the guys because like they they seem to be sometimes they're kind of quiet. You know, like yeah. they're so focused in that sometimes they get over focused and they exhaust themselves mentally. So yeah. like I like to like keep guys loose and I kind of mess yeah. with certain guys each day. Each day a different guy. And like we had like you know group bets going on like how many pitchers the pitches or how many pitches the pitcher was gonna throw and like we're putting a thousand yen on it which is like ten bucks you know ten bucks yeah so, oh yeah and they love it they love it it's awesome that's funny that's that's awesome though it's have you ever experienced anything like like when you were no. in, when you were in Mexico like even still like Spanish it's like well I know I know a tad 
bit of Spanish because my stepfather is actually uh, Latin. Okay. So I had a slight advantage, uh, you know, and, and also being in pro ball, you're around Latinos so much that yeah. you start to pick up on little stuff. So you can generally yeah. get around a little bit. Um, and I do find Spanish to be a lot easier. Yeah. I mean, probably just cause I've been around it so much. It's a lot no, easier. Spanish is much easier. And, uh, yeah. but the, the, so the Japanese, they find Spanish easier to learn than English. So it's the Everyone same thing. Finds I think English it's just hard. English. Yeah. English and Jap- Japan are so difficult, you know, so much farther from, so different for, uh, from each other. Yeah. Cause they also read from right to left. But yes. They read from, they read from top to bottom and yes. then right to left. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I knew that. That's, that's why. I, t- I took Mandarin in school, so that's how I know some of that stuff. And, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's so cool, dude. That's interesting for sure. Only so many things you can experience on a baseball field. I think that's that's the best way to say it. And, like, yeah, you, you just knocked out two crazy things all in one. You know, you're living in Japan. The food's amazing. The, the fan is about to become crazy once you guys start letting more fans in. You know. Yeah. And, and oh, the fans like they wait. They wait outside our parking garage. So like here in Japan, one of the big things like I don't I don't know what you'd say is big in the states per se. Uh, you know, foam fingers or maybe like I think I mean obviously jerseys are huge in the states. Yeah, well they have uh, the, the jerseys that, are big here too, but they yeah. have towels here. So like that's yeah. like the team thing is like teams make towels with their players' names on, them, and that's how they like root on their favorite player or the player that they want to do well, they hold the towel up and your name on it and stuff. So like, you know, when I come out to pitch, like there'll be people that'll grab the towel and, you know, they, they put it on and stuff. So like there'll be people that'll like wait outside our parking garage with my towel, just like trying to like wave at me, you know? So like I roll down the window and wave back and like honk and they think it's awesome. I love it. You ever see fans with with like your Jersey on? I am starting to now. Yeah. There is, we, they didn't, I mean, I'm a new guy and yeah, I know. Uh, That's know, what I was I asking. I never had, I never had, uh, you know, I didn't have any big league time. It's not like, you know, obviously Adam is the one that's everybody's like, Oh, I want an Adam Jones Jersey and stuff. Yeah. So like the Jersey store or the team store has, you know, a hundred different Adam Jones jerseys, but there was like a few of, uh, with my name on them. And so my wife bought one and, um, like the next day or two, she went up in there and they were all gone. And then, they made some more and then they all win. And then now we started seeing people actually wearing, you know, I see a couple people wearing the Jersey and stuff. That's so cool. That's gotta yeah. be something too. That's just gotta feel real good. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. Like, you know, this is the year number 10 for me. So like, it's been a long, incredible journey of some difficult times, some good times, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a rocky road, but you know, you just keep pushing and you know, good things hopefully come. That's, that's so cool. So we'll end it off with one more question here. More simpler question, I guess. What would be some advice that you would give to the baseball youth? Oh, if I had to give advice to the baseball youth as a whole, I would, I would say, how much youth are we talking? Oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go high school here. We'll say high school. Okay, I would say high school perfect. I would say to the main thing I would I would if I could go back and, and, and tell myself one thing that I would definitely relay the message is learn to not be reliant on other people for your success mentally or physically. Like learn how to be learn how to take care of your own business. You don't need someone to tell you you did good or tell you you did bad you know how you did, you know, you know, don't be reliant on other people, be self-sufficient because that's the only way you're going to survive. That's the only way you're going to be successful later on down the road is learning how to handle your business under your own tip of your cap by yourself. Wow. That's, 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 that's deep right there. That's, that's important. I, I totally see that. I totally understand that as well. Yeah. A lot, especially the way that things are working these days with, you know, I'll get into that, but there's a, there's a lot of kids that you see coming up that are definitely not self-reliant. They do not, they do not, you know, help themselves out. They wait for, you know, either someone to push them along or someone to lead them along. And that's just not how it, that's not how it's going to play out later on down the road. You can have all the talent in the world, but until you're ready to, you know, take ownership of yourself and what you're trying to do, you're not going to get there. Yeah. All right, Tyler. 
thank you so much for coming on the home plate today. It was it was awesome. Today was just I've you're the first player from Japan that I've had. So it's been really, really cool. Learned so much today and so many people have learned so many things today by listening to this. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today. And no problem, know, man. I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity. And uh, if there's anybody that, uh, you know, if, if you know any of my old teammates or you were trying to get anybody else on, let me know. I'll, I'll try and help you out for sure. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like, you know, I'm always, always open to have people on the show. Absolutely. Thank you very much, man. I'm going to, I got to get, I got to get myself unpacked here and get ready for bed. So it's been a yeah, long day for I mean, me. Yeah, no, of course. And thank you guys all so much for listening to the home plate. I'll see you real soon.